Dungeons and Drimbus is rated R for rude language, rough violence, and raunchy humor. Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I do declare here's what happened previously on Dungeons and Drimbos. As the pack of goblins head north toward the Sunder... A crack is heard. Gary discovers the axle on the wagon is broken and they will need to replace it. In the middle of the freezing cold around Upper Mount Hartland, Gary, Strong, Grizzabeth, and Calvin decide to head toward a town to see if they can find any help. On their way toward the town, they hear a loud roar as a mama and baby, or more like teenage, polar bear emerge from the woods. After a gruesome fight, they manage to take them down, although Calvin joins the fight, putting himself in harm's way. Strunk gets injured, and Grizzabeth gets pissed off. Gary takes a moment to address his son, and after their heart-to-heart, the group decides to keep heading on towards civilization. I do declare, Yorana is back in Setra. Jeremiah, come on. Okay, Mommy. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Get in. And she packs him in the little knapsack. And you see Calvin is like crying a little tear. Just one tear down his cheek. And you only see his face sticking out of the backpack with his little cloak on. (laughs) But you trudge on through the cold winter snow. You begin to push up on an incline. The trees are dead. And the snow is very quickly accumulating on your face. After a while... Finally, you see it. A small village. You race on up and you see the wooden signage that reads, Hearthton, home and hearth on outer Mount Hartland. Strong flies down and he meets you and he goes, All right, looks like we're here. The town itself is very quaint. It's very Slavic hillside chic. Lots of single-story wooden structures and cobblestone streets. It's cute, but a little dirty, as the snow mixes with the muck and mire on the streets to create an icy gray sludge. But the structures themselves are relatively well kept, and the snow-capped roofs with icicles dangling down are rather picturesque. Grizzabeth leans in and goes, Oh, this is rather nice. Yeah. Reminds me of Green Barrow a little bit. Maybe a little dirtier. 
Yeah. We don't get this much snow, though. Look at this. It's cute at first, but I hear gets pretty annoying. Really? That it does. But, um, where we're going, we'll have to get used to it. So, where to? As you look around the town of Hearthton, you see pretty much anything you would expect a town of this size to have. So if you want to go at, like to a specific type of place, you let me know. But right now where you are standing, you see the welcome sign. You see there's a notice board up on your left, like where people can pin up general advertisements or like looking for jobs, that sort of thing. And then you also see a tavern nearby called the Drunken Hellcat. And then you also see, you know, other stuff as well. You see residences and alchemist shops, whatever you might expect there to be. So... What would you like to look at? Uh, Gary sees the notice board and walks over to look at the notice board. Yeah. Uh, you go over to the notice board, and uh, there are a couple of people buzzing about the sidewalks. It's a relatively busy town. And uh, by the notice board, you see a lot of, like, spam advertisements for, like, lots of snake oil salesman shit going on here. <laughs> Some places for rent and all of that. But a couple of things in particular catch your eye. You see... One post that says, Exterminator Wanted, Pest has taken residence in my greenhouse, pay 50 gold pieces, speak to Morella. Uh, you see another notice that says, 100 gold loan needed, will pay interest, speak to Fargoth. You see, need artists for business opportunity. And then in captions it says, will be compensated in exposure. Hit up your boy, James. <laughs> And then you see one more notice that says, looking for lawyer to settle property dispute. Oh Hefty reward. Speak to Silvio. Oh, my God. Uh, is You don't, like, take a... It, yeah, they're, you don't take a thing, right? Yeah, now. they're just there. It tells you who to, who to find. It says, speak that to Silvio. first one, what was it? It was, like, an infestation? Exterminator wanted. Pest has taken residence in my greenhouse. Pay 50 gold pieces. Speak to Morella. You see Strong leans in and he goes, well, I suppose someone here must be able to provide us a carriage or fix a carriage or something like that. Maybe, oh, Ray, didn't you say you were a, and he puts his finger on it, an attorney? And, um, Gary moves his finger up to <laughs> the extermination uh, notice. Like, that one pays pretty good. Maybe we pay someone to fix it. I suppose. Uh, it, I, you don't want to do the thing in your line of work? Depends who a client is. I uh, kind of get screwed as a lawyer. Mm. I respect your decision either way, Ray. What do you want to do? It's just easier to get guaranteed pay. And then you hear someone speak up from behind you. Apologies, eh? I don't mean to intrude. You see a man with buzzed gray hair covered in a large brown cloak. You can just kind of barely make out gray skin underneath. And he says, Eh, sorry, I, I don't mean to be a burden, but if you were to win that case, I believe the, the person would be willing to give you a hefty reward. Nearly double 
the exterminator fee. Who are you? I'm Silvio. And you look at the notice and it says, speak to Silvio on it. You're willing to pay 100 gold. If you win, yes. I'm an honest man. If we lose, I have nearly nothing to my name right now. Who, what is Silvio? As he's been speaking to you, you look closer at him and you see the gray skin. And as he speaks, you see the fangs and you put together that Silvio's a vampire. (laughs) Have we met before? I don't think so. So what is your name? Do you sell mixtapes? What's a mixtape? Vlad's Red Tracks. I'm not familiar, I'm afraid. Okay, good. My name is Ray. Ray G. Globamy. What is your case? Okay. My name is Silvio Nyadev. I own the Nyadev farmstead, just on the outskirts of the town. Long story short, I died, and during my absence of nearly a year, a man by the name of Goran Winterswan came in and took my place, and is now claiming to own my farmstead, my wife, and he refuses to let me see my children. I never signed anything over. And so now that I am back, I'm just trying to take back what is mine. You've died and came back? Yes. It's a long story. Well, I'd like to hear it. Well, I'm a farmer here in Harton. And uh, one day, a little under a year ago, I was mugged. I was on the road with a turnip delivery. And I was mugged by a traveling gang of vampire thieves. You see, I I wasn't always a vampire. (laughs) I hope not. (laughs) No, I was once just an elf. You see, I remember getting attacked and then nothing. I was buried and the next day I rose once again. I came back to life. I was a vampire, but I was under their thrall. I don't know how familiar you are with how vampires work, but... This gang is uh, really only run by two vampires, Ed and Fred. They're pretty flaunty guys in shimmery cloaks, super stereotypical. Anyways, they don't actually do much work themselves, but they continue to turn thralls, like what I was. And when they turn a thrall, those thralls are then forced to work for them. The only way to free yourself as a thrall is for the vampire master, so Ed and Fred, uh, to die or to drink from a true vampire. It's pretty hard when you're under their control. So I was forced to do their bidding for a couple of seasons. A fellow thrall, uh, Tomin, said that he came from a monastery in the Sunder and he was pretty sure he could get his friend Meryl to help us. But that's only if we could convince Ed and Fred to take a detour north again. So we lied and said that we got word of a shipment coming into the seaport that would be rife for pillaging. 
Domin and I were able to draw from a vampire. Adam Fred found out that we had tricked them. And uh, while we were getting cured, they sent the army of thralls down on the monastery. Tomin helped me escape through a back exit, but he got caught up in a fight. I don't know what became of him. When, uh, when I came back, my wife had remarried to Goran, and Goran has laid claim to my farmstead and won't let me see my children. So, in the monastery they had a vampire for you to drink from? Yes, well, not for us to drink from, but a vampire who allowed us to drink from him. And, um, what exactly do you want from this case? I want to see my children again. And my land back. If I get my land back, well, all of my property, really, then I have a sizable estate and I could reward you handsomely. But as is, I mean... Imagine you died and you were reborn into the world with nothing. That's, uh, that's where I'm at right now. So, if we don't win, I, d I don't have much to offer you. So, you don't have much to offer me now? Yes. The one advantage we do have is we have a date set in court and... Goran is expecting me to show up one-on-one. -on -one. We're going to settle it civilly with the judge. He is not expecting me to have an attorney. Unless he is attempting to pull the same trick, then uh, he will have no representation. Well, this is difficult because you technically are dead. Yes. But I'll see what I can do. So you'll help me? Yeah. Oh, thank you so much, Mr. Globemi. Thank you. And he shakes your hand. Yeah, and he just lets him, like, shake his limp, dark, clawed hand. Yeah. Like, yeah. Sure. I couldn't help but notice that your friend here... Hi. Uh, you look like you're in a bad way. Hi. Do you know of any healers or something nearby? Just someone to get this bandaged properly. Shouldn't be too much work. Yes, uh, just down down the way there's a there's a small healing temple. They should be able to do some minor fixes, nothing too crazy. Very well. Ray, do you need my assistance on this? No. I think you go take care of your wounds. Very well. I'll, uh, I'll find you around once I'm done. Yeah. All right. And, yeah, he takes off. So, Silvio. Yes. Where are Fred and Ed? Last I saw them was when I was escaping the monastery. So they don't live in town? Uh, no, they are traveling bandits, basically. They just uh, kind of go up and down the coast. Bad luck for me, I happened to run into them. I was stuck with them for about three seasons. Until we finally managed to take them back to the Sunder and... Uh, well, you know, this story. Do the people in town know about Fred and Ed? 
No, I... Honestly, I just got back into town... This week. Okay. They didn't even know I was alive until just now. Have you been to your farm? Yes, that is the first place I went. That's where I saw Goran. How did that play out? Not well. Uh, my wife, or I don't know, ex-wife, I guess. We technically didn't get a divorce, but uh, my wife, Anna, she wasn't very responsive to me. You know, it was very hard to talk to her. She seemed a little out of it, and... Well, Goran, uh, as he wasn't aggressive, he was rather friendly, but he was very firm in, in not letting me in. He said I abandoned my family. When exactly did you get fangs? Uh, do you mean when I was turned? When you were a thrall, or when you drank As a thrall. Blood? Yes. So drinking... The blood doesn't make you look any different. No, what I gathered about it, I, I didn't get to speak to Meryl for long, but uh, what we understand Did about... You say Meryl? Yes. Where is Meryl? Uh, last I saw them, they were at the monastery. Keep going. Uh, what we understand about vampirism is basically drinking blood in and of itself does not uh, turn anyone it, it nourishes the vampire but for example I could drink your blood right now and you would be fine the way for me to turn you into a thrall would be to drink your blood until you die to basically d drink all of it essentially were I to do that and then bury you I can raise you as a thrall and then you would be essentially under my control until either I die or you drink from a true vampire. Did your ex-wife look like a vampire or thrall? No, not at all. Does this new man look like a vampire or thrall? Mm, no, he's a he's a minotaur. What? <laughs> he's a minotaur. Oh, sorry, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I... Um, he entered the door naked. It was uh, rather unsettling. Okay. Well, I'll take care of this for you. You can come with me if you'd like. Certainly. Okay. We've got a meeting at the courthouse this afternoon. So, we have a few hours to... Handle this uh, however you want to, and then we can go talk to the judge. Yeah. Gonna use all the time we have. Yeah. So first, let's go to the farm. Very well. And sorry, so rude of me. Are these your wife and uh, child? Hi! The uh, Calvin says from inside the knapsack. Yeah, hi, uh, Angelina... And this is a Jeremiah. Hi there, my name's Jeremiah. A pleasure to meet you. Yeah, they're co-lawyers. <laughs> wow, Jeremiah, you are very young for a aspiring career. Daddy, I'm a lawyer. Just joking. Oh, I want to be a lawyer. You're 
My junior assistant lawyer. Yeah, junior assistant! Anyway, to the farm. Very well. We are, as the young folks are saying these days, halfway there! Oh, hi there, pal, and welcome to the Halfway Zone with Mikey P. Still no sign of that swell pal of ours, Nicky B. He is hoping we don't find that poor sucker in a pine overcoat six feet under. What we here at Drimbus are looking for is a few adventurers to pull up their bootstraps, fan out, and do some good old-fashioned sleuthing to find the man. We all know Nicky B to be a butter and egg man, and that he enjoys his jollies out on the town. But this is taking it a step too far. When he gets back, ladies and gentlemen, and gays and theys, we are going to have no choice but to follow through with our threat of sending him to boarding school. In fact, I had one in mind. Our sponsor, Elderwood Academy. What? They're not a school. Oh, they sell great tabletop role-playing game accessories for a reasonable prize. Well, turn me over and butter my muffin. I think an author friend of mine was telling me about them just the other day. In fact, I have a quote here somewhere. Are you looking to spice things up this Valentine's season? Looking to branch out into a group play session? Maybe even step into the role as game master? But maybe you're worried how to keep those subs, I mean, players in line. Well, the folks at Elderwood Academy have you covered with their new master tome DM screen. This tome is handcrafted from genuine leather and hard woods. A beautiful and functional design bound to make a big impression at your next play session. Each master tome begins as a gaming box with a magnetic modular interior that is also large enough to fit full-size paper and source books. Your master tome boasts many features, including initiative trackers, multiple setup positions, reference document holders, and a felt-lined interior that can be used as a rolling tray. When you log on, make sure to go to elderwoodacademy.com forward slash Dungeons and Drimbus and use note Drimbus Catapult to earn a free catapult with your order of $25 or more and launch yourself into this next group play session you've got planned. So what are you waiting for? Go and log on today. That's elderwoodacademy.com forward slash Dungeons and Trimbus. Happy Valentine's Day. Woof! Well, tickle my ribs and leave me tender. She really knows how to get a fella hot under the collar, don't she? And she isn't the only one that has this old ticker all a flutter. The Drimbus patrons always know how to make a disembodied host melt like ice cream on the hot pavement. Those patrons include Jerry Benetados, Queso Loco, Greta and Beignet, 
Alejandro Lopez, Ace Andrews, Thomas Murphy, Regina Russell, Salty, Adrian Bundy, Sam Olivos, Jordan Cobb, The Unnamed Rogue, John Gillette, Chloe G, Con Air on DVD, NB Star, Doubtful Guest, Michael Richters, Davis Walden, Denny Dewdrop, Myth Mouse, Will Woodle, Callie Wolf, Brandon M. Bishop, Bridge, Twiglets, Joanna, Wes Berger, Stan Sitzman, Scrambles the Death Dealer, Aaron Adams, Nathan Mesnard, Rue Thanatos, Morgan Larson, Olivia Hill, Wilhelm Fuchs, Trip, Carrie Holmes, and Stoner Panda. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, it is your friendly neighborhood GM, John Carlo Herrera here, and today I wanted to tell you about an awesome show called Looters. It is an actual play podcast where a hilarious cast of friends go on dramatic, action-packed, sci-fi western adventures in a universe full of different factions vying for control over the Outer Rims. I love a good sci-fi western mix, the cast is so much fun to listen to, and it's played on the Stars Without Number game system, which is really fun to hear in audio. I really think listeners of Drimbus would enjoy it, so please check out this trailer, and if it intrigues you, go check them out at looterspodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Alright, enjoy. Hey, we're the Looters. Hey, what's up? Looters is a sci-fi western actual play podcast using the Stars Without Number system. We're a group of friends getting into trouble all over the universe. So come with us if you're into adventure. A rocket flies out of one of these ships far behind you and crashes into the wall and blows up. There's rockets? It's Mario Kart. Crazy. Intrigue. Can I hack into the body and maybe see if they have, like, a memory data bank in their brain or some shit like that that I can access? That'll literally. <laughs> Devastating physical injury. <laughs> Just uh, take cover. Okay. She's a good pilot, everyone. Very good. Very good. She's very good. And, and friendship. friendship. New episodes of Looters out every Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, he leads you down through the winding streets of Hearthton. And then you head out back. It's like that farmstead right outside of Winterhold in Skyrim. You know, like it's enough to raise crops, probably enough to make a living, but it's not like a massive complex. And there is like a relatively simple single-story home on the farmstead. And he goes, "Uh, there it is. And funny enough, you guys are still, like, a little ways out. Like, you're kind of looking at it from the edge of town. And in the very distance, you think you see a minotaur hooked up to a plowing device pulling it down the farm. Bastard. Besides that guy, are there any animals on your farm? Yes, we have a... And he points over to a stable. He says, uh, 
Well, we, we run this table for the town and we have a couple of horses, chickens, pr- producing some eggs. And that's about it. Just chickens? Yes. What are you looking for? Just curious. It's a nice farm, but... Thank you. Honestly, just in case you lose it, it's not too far from zero, is it? I mean, it, it's more the, the steady flow of business than anything else. But I guess you're right. I would need to raise some investment capital, you know? Well, you technically are a vampire now, right? Yes. This is kind of dark, but... <laughs> Listen, I am also undead. Hmm. I've died before as well. What so, happened to you? Don't laugh, okay? Okay. I was trying to save some friends from a mage. And I broke their staff. Okay, and? Well, the staff exploded. What? Obviously, and killed me. I didn't know staffs did that. Right? Yeah. I saw everyone told me I was crazy. (laughs) I was the only one who didn't know that staffs explode when they break. But everyone told me like it was common knowledge. Easy, easy, what easy, easy. He puts a hand on your chest. He like sees that you're getting really worked up. <laughs> so, <clears throat> it killed me. But because it killed so many others, their life brought me back. Wow. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, Mr. Globemi. So... The system's going to screw you over. Mm. And I will help you as best I can. I see. But um, if I were you and I was out of luck, I'd uh, look for some free labor, if you know what I mean. He darts his eyes from you to the Minotaur on the field. Back to you. And back to the Minotaur. Uh, Gary's slowly nodding. Understood. It's not fair, but technically, it is fair, so... Hmm. Yeah. I'd like to win fair and square, but I suppose we could manage that. So, that's our, um, backup plan. You're quite the interesting attorney, I must say. Um... Yeah. You know, we all come. We all come, yes. Every now and then. No. (laughs) Uh, Basically, you've heard of ice devils, bone devils, chain devils. Yeah, yes. Attorneys come from the same place. Huh. (laughs) He starts laughing like, like a little too much. Like, have you ever seen someone who's, like, on the verge of a mental breakdown that, like, the slightest, like, funny yeah. thing goes off and there's just, like, in, that's what's going on here. It's like... <laughs> yeah. 
Very good. Okay. Let's go to the farm. Okay. Are we going to be speaking to them, or, or what's the plan here? Yeah, I'm going to talk to them. Okay. You're welcome to come or just hang back. Hmm. I'll tell you what, why don't I hang nearby? I have a feeling Goran might be more, more uh, receptive to speaking to you alone than with me. Remember, he's not expecting me to have an attorney for, for the meeting with the judge, so... I trust your judgment. Do with that what you will. I'll try to keep that hidden from him. Okay. Does this town have, um, reclaimers? Actually, funny enough, we don't. Uh, we just set up our court system recently. It's why I've been having such a hard time finding an attorney. We had the mayor, and so we have recently made the mayor the mayor judge to have a little bit of a more formal process for resolving some of the bigger issues. We hold court in the town hall. It's all very new. We're sort of testing out the experiment uh, to see how it works for us. What's the mayor's name? Mayor Judge Felina Boscar. Felina Boscar. Yes. Okay. I'm going to say... Uh, well... If I lie, they use that against me, too. So... Maybe less is more in this situation. Yeah. I need to think. How can I not look suspicious investigating someone? Daddy, what if you pretend to be offering free candy? To be a what? To be offering free candy. Well... Who offers free candy these days that isn't... A stranger danger. That's true. Angelina. Yeah. How can I talk to them without them figuring out I'm an attorney? Um, what if you're thinking about opening up a farm and, and you're trying to ask for some advice? Maybe. I need to ask about the case. What part of the case? Well, as much as they know. Are you referring to, like, the vampire part, or or what? Like, I don't know if they are aware of that. They definitely know that I am a vampire. Mm. To be honest with you, I, I poured my heart out to Anna mm. the, the day I got back. Ah, uh, okay. I'll be your vampire hunter, looking to see if you deserve to live. That's... Rather dark, but okay. If it works, yes. They don't know my past. I can pretend I've been a vampire hunter. Very well. Okay. I'll go with my... Um, Junior assistants. I'll go with my co-lawyers. You hang back. Okay. I'm gonna get a little closer with my family and mm -hmm. then... Be like, okay, Chris, I just didn't want to leave you alone with him, but you should probably hide, too. Okay, Gary. I'll hide by the barn. <laughs> I feel like a secret agent. So it's the kind of spice we've been missing. Maybe. <laughs> and Elizabeth walks with you most of the way and then hides by a barn. Okay. <laughs> 
We only see the Minotaur outside, right? Yeah. I'm going to walk up to the Minotaur. Yeah, the Minotaur's plowing the field. The dude is yoked, and he's just there. Excuse me. Yes. Hi. Hello. Can I speak with you? Certainly. And he, like, removes the harness. He wipes some sweat from his forehead. And he pretty calmly trots over to you, and he leans on the fence post. And as he does that, like, you just smell this strong odor coming off of him. It is pungent and sweet, but, like, I mean, roll a, roll a wisdom saving throw. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. A five. Yeah, uh, you like smile immediately. Like you smell this and like it smells good. You like it. Like you want to talk to this guy more than you already wanted to. That's weird. <laughs> How can I help you? Hey, you're, um, Mr. Um, Goran Winterswarm. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, and he tosses his long blonde hair back over his shoulder. Oh my. So, you're living here with Miss. Anna Winter Swarm, yes. Right. Sorry, you are? I am Mr. Ray. Okay. I, uh, have. Well, I'll just tell you. I am a vampire hunter. Hmm. And, uh, I have in my captivity a Silvio. Silvio? Oh, yes. okay. So you know him. Yes, he's been a little bit of a nuisance lately. You know, I feel a little bad for him, but at the same time... I... What have you... Sorry. How can I be of assistance? Is this about Silvio? Yes. I, um... Well... I... Do hunt vampires. But... Not all vampires are bad because not all vampires are voluntarily vampires. Yes, I heard about this. He he mentioned to me. So you're what? You're like bounty hunter? Well, really, I'm part of a group where we determine whether or not these are still good people. Got it. And from then, decide what to do with our vampires. And Silvio has explained his case. And basically, I am here to gather the evidence for whether or not he deserves okay. to live. Yeah, how can I be of assistance to you? Well... Silvio explained to me his side. I want to hear your side. Well, it's pretty simple. You know, he has wife, he has children, and the man disappears. He, he's gone for almost a year. He leaves them with no backup plan. Uh, if it wasn't for me, you know, they would have started to starve. And then... Uh, all of a sudden, a year later, you know, wife is married, we are all happy. He shows up as a vampire, he scared the kids, and uh, he wants everything back. Even though I'm the one who's been maintaining, I'm the one who's been making the money, uh, he thinks he's entitled to everything. For what? For what reason? Right. So, 
he came to you afterward and explained what happened? Nah. What did he say to you? Well, he was talking to my wife, you know, and he didn't make me a little uncomfortable, but I think, eh, you know, whatever. She's over it, and so I let him talk, and I hear his whole story. He starts crying about uh, he got beaten, he died, he goes off. He's not even under control, you know, that's the thing. I don't even know if that's Silvio. That could just be his body for a puppet master of another of another bigger vampire or something. And so he's off, he's doing all the crimes, he's doing all this, and then uh, supposedly he get cured and he come back. But maybe you can put yourself in Silvio's shoes. I wouldn't fit in the little shoes. But to have your life taken by someone and to come back. Look, I get it, bro. Like, I know what you're saying, and yeah, I feel a little bit bad for him, but at the same time, it's, uh, you know, you got to live your life, and he abandoned the children, and he abandoned Anna, and I stepped in, and she made her choice. She come to well, me, so... Uh, it wasn't so much abandoned. He just had no control. He couldn't come back for free will. Okay, and so what? I'm supposed to give up my farm for him? Of course not. I'm just trying to gather the facts. Okay. It would really help if I could talk to Anna as well. She's going to tell you everything I just told you. Same thing. That, That's fine. I just want to hear what she thinks. <sighs> okay. Whatever. Come with me. He walks up to the front door and he leaves you inside the house. You see a couple of bedroom doors. Sylvia had mentioned he had two children, so you presume probably a couple for that. And he heads into, like, the living room. There's a little bonfire pit there that you presume is used for cooking usually. There's a big pot over it. And then sitting on a couch, you see a yellow lapine. I'm gonna have to look that up. A lapine. It's, it's a bunny person. <laughs> She's sitting there. She is in a simple like blue gown, and she looks up at you and she goes, "Oh, you're back already, Corin. He's your friend." Hello. Uh, hello. This is uh, Mr. Ray. He's vampire hunter. He has questions for you. Uh, and then you see Goran, he was already shirtless, but he kind of unbuckles his kilt and just like lays out across the couch. It's like teens who are way too comfortable being like physical in public. Uh-huh. He sprawls out on the couch and like she immediately like gets in his lap and like sp- they sprawl out on the couch together. And he props his head up on like one muscular arm and just stares at you while you talk to Anna. Miss Anna, I'm very glad to meet you. Yeah, <laughs> glad to meet you too. I, as your father, uh, as your husband. Oh yeah, expl- he's my daddy. No, um, as your husband explained, um, I am a vampire hunter, but well, not all vampires are voluntary. So we investigate whether or not a vampire should live or not. I have. She's listening to you, but she's looking at Goron and kind of like kissing his cheek while you're talking. 
Oh. <clears throat> yeah, right. I have a uh, Mr. Silvio in my captivity. Mm-hmm. Do you know a Silvio? Yeah. Um, Mr. Winterstorm, would you mind if I spoke privately? Uh, okay. Uh, and he stands up off the couch and he goes, I'm going to go keep plowing the field. I talk to you later, in there. Bye, Daddy. <laughs> I thank you very much for your cooperation, sir. Of course. And he steps out. Roll an inside check for me. 14. Not bad. Okay. You just notice that, like, the moment Goron's out of the room, Anna, like, almost wakes up a little bit more. Like, her eyes raise a little more. She's more alert. She's, like, actually listening to you. Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, Miss, um... Miss Anna. Yeah? So, you are Noah Silvio, yes? Yeah. Um, so I have him in my captivity. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he told me the situation he had here. And I'm trying to investigate myself. Um, how was your relationship with Silvio? It was, um... It was fine. Like, it, she's, like, struggling to find words a little bit. It was fine. Hmm. Yeah. It was okay. Not as good as Goron. But, yeah, it was fine. Were you happy? Um, I wasn't unhappy. How are the children? They're good. They're good. They're at school. Uh, when... Mr. Silvio was captured. It must have been hard for all of you. Yeah, of course. Um, I... Uh... Yeah. Huh. Yeah, no, it was hard. Um, but... Whatever, you know, like... I'll be honest with you. Uh, Silvio could not get it up. So... Right. Yeah. But... He did for the kids, obviously. I mean, yeah, but so does Goron. When he was gone, were you happy? Uh, sorry, I... I'm having a hard time, um... It's, it's a little foggy for me. I, I mostly just remember after Goron came into the picture, I just remember being much happier then. You know, the last few seasons. So you don't even remember much about Silvio? No, I, I mean, I remember him, of course. We were together for years. Like, I, I know who Silvio is. I just... I think, yeah, it was fine. It was fine. How much did it affect you when he left? Uh... I guess... I was wor- yeah, I was worried, uh, and then Goron came to help. And... yeah. So you- So I guess it freaked me out a little bit, yeah. You enjoy your time here with Goron. Yeah, oh my god, yeah, of course. Of course, he's so good. Um... How is he around the house? Oh, he's great. Besides the bedroom. 
Uh, yeah, very helpful. Very helpful. He's awesome. What does he do? Uh, he takes care of the farm. Uh, you know, he does groceries for us. Uh, he usually goes to pick the girls up from school. And what do you do? Uh, well, you know, I manage the, uh, the sale a little bit. I run our stall at the markets. Uh, once we collect our harvest. Uh, I do a lot of the cooking and the cleaning. That's one thing Goron cannot do. Man cannot fix a meal to save his life. <laughs> Me neither. Uh, when Silvio came back, what uh, did he say to you? He, um, when he came, when was that again? When he came back? Um, oh, right. Yeah, the, uh, uh, yeah, I remember the other day, right? He said, God, I can't even remember. It's like that he died or something, and he, he's a vampire now. And how does that make you feel? Mm, not much at all. Nothing? No. Are the kids around? They're at school. At school. Okay. Well, thank you for your time, Miss Anna. Yeah, anytime, Mr. Ray. I'll be going now. Okay, bye. Goodbye, Miss. Goodbye. I'm gonna walk out and wave to Gorham as I'm leaving. Yeah, he like sup nods at you. <laughs> A reverse head nod. Yeah. It's gonna like try and get his family back. Yeah, you see Grizabeth is like crouch walking to you with Calvin still on her back and goes, how'd it go? How much do you know about Minotaurs? Uh, not much. A little bit. Why? I think Miss Anna is under some spell. What makes you think that? Well, maybe the guy's just charming. But I'm getting hints that something about his pheromones can uh, attract mates oh, very you mean, easily. You mean, and she covers Calvin's ears. You mean she's a little dick drunk? Um, maybe. But it seemed like when he left the room, she was a little more clear-headed. That's weird. Okay. And she can't even remember her past with Silvio. Huh. And, I mean, sure, there's that kind of attraction at first, but you and I both know that fades after a year. Yeah, yeah. And Well, I don't know. I don't know about that. And she, like, rubs a finger on your chest. Well... We've gotten good now. But she was unnaturally attracted to her mate. I see, I see. Yeah. So what do you, what's the plan then? What are, do you think he's, it's like magic? Or do you think he's like, uh, do you think he has like nice cologne or something? Damn, maybe I should have snooped. Maybe. I thought that was just a minotaur. Thing, but yeah. <sighs> I mean, it might. I don't know that much about Minotaurs. I think I, uh. Uh. 
I had a friend who dated a Minotaur, but I don't remember anything like that. Hmm. Yeah. It seemed like a spell was in effect. I mean, yeah, it's it's totally possible. I don't... How do we rule that out, I guess? Or how do we use that? Well, I need to do some research. And, uh... I need to find the school. Talk to the kids. Okay. So... I don't know what's closer, the school or the monastery. You want to ask Silvio? Yeah, let's talk to Silvio. Yeah, uh, you guys walk out and find Silvio waiting up near the edge of the town. He has to be under the cloak because it's the middle of the day. Oh, and yeah. so he just always looks very mysterious. Silvio. How did he go? How much do you know about Minotaurs? Minotaurs. Not... Terribly much. Yeah, I, I mean, I know what they are. I know about, obviously, this fucking guy. Uh, mm, why? What, what exactly are you curious about? Can you tell me, honestly, how happy you were with your family? Mm. Roll a persuasion check. Shit. That's a ten. Okay. He molds it over a little bit and he goes... We were happy. We are... were happy. We, we'd had a little bit of a rough time lately. But, uh... But nothing serious. No, no serious problems. Your wife seems happy now, to be honest. Mm. But I have a strong hunch that she is under a spell. She... Uh, <laughs> I don't know, when, when I tried talking to her, I could barely talk to her. She was not very... She cannot remember much of your history. That's that's not the Anna I knew. Yeah, she seems um, hypnotized. I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, that fucking bastard. Well, he seems like a nice guy. He narrows his eyes at you. <laughs> <laughs> she seems like a... She thinks he's... A really nice guy. Mm. But I have to be honest. When he left the room, I didn't feel it as much. So, I think he has some kind of pheromones hypnotizing her. That could be possible, but where? What, do you think is like a natural thing, or? I don't know if that's all minotaurs. Or just some magic spell he's using. Is there a way that we can prove it? I would like to know any uh, mages in town that could uh, explain. Yes, there is a... let me see. I mean, there are a couple of clerics at the healing temple. There's an alchemist in town... Sells a lot of very snakes oily type stuff, but you know, that's magic. Mm. Well, that's a. There is an armorer, a smith, who has a little bit of, you know, can make the occasional magic item, nothing too serious. Right. Okay. We'll head back to town, but I think the monastery is closer, right? No, the monastery is. Uh, a few days from here. Oh. It's in the Sonder. 
I mean, right, we're like right on the border here. Right. But the monastery is in the Sunder proper. That's too bad. But I think I see what's going on here. Let's have a chat with the alchemist. Okay. Let's uh, let's go see Nerio. This has been Your Honor. Your Honor features the vocal talents of Nicholas Benetados as Gary Mogbile. The rest of the world is voiced by your DM, Giancarlo Herrera. This episode was edited and sound designed by Giancarlo Herrera. If you'd like to support the show, consider checking out the links in the show notes, or go to patreon.com slash Our patrons get access to exclusive perks like our after-the-show show, After the Drimbus, free exclusive merch, bonus series, and the chance to create items for the show or have NPCs named after you. Oh, and don't forget to tweet using hashtag Drimbus to be entered to win a free Dungeons & Drimbus sticker. Thank you so much for listening, and I do declare, I'll see you all next week. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. In the year 1889, there was nowhere in the world more exciting than London, England. Three cheers for Inspector Lestrade and the bad boys of Baker Street themselves, Sherlock Holmes and Dr. John Watson! Solved! By Sherlock Bloody Holmes of 221 B Baker Street. Well, with any luck, we'll get a new brutal murder any day now. God, I wish. It's truly shocking you haven't solved anything in five years. The boys are both out of town for some case about a dog in Dartmoor this weekend. Sincerely, Martha Hudson. London's number two detective team just became number one. Fox and Stallion. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr at 224BBaker or on our website, 224BBaker.com. It's like they say, big breaks are 90% luck. What's the other 10%? Luck.